It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. This is Access Atlanta, your weekly look at what's fun, entertaining, and educational in and around Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Every week, we're here to help you get ready for the weekend and bring you conversations with some of the most interesting people in local arts, culture, food, and entertainment. Let's get started with a couple of events that are happening around town this week. In Vena's Six Apples, a family must abruptly flee for safety as bombings and battles encroach upon their home. It's an all-too-familiar sight right now, as daily images of Russia's onslaught of Ukraine dominate global news, showing millions of refugees fleeing towns under siege every day. So it is eerily timely that Brooklyn-based playwright Lloyd Suh's tale of one little girl searching for her family during the Korean War of the 1950s has arrived on the Alliance Theatre stage. It runs through March 27th, and you can read the full review from our partners at ArtsATL on AccessAtlanta.com. Immersive art exhibits are now all the rage. Illuminarium Atlanta on the Beltline is about to launch an immersive experience highlighting modernist painter Georgia O'Keeffe called 100 Flowers on April 28th, with tickets on sale now. Atlanta Company Exhibition Hub just concluded a massively popular eight-month run at Pullman Yards in Atlanta with its Van Gogh experience, and has plans to do one focused on French Impressionist painter Claude Monet. Now, a rival company, S2BN Entertainment, has taken over the Pullman Yard space for a comparable but fundamentally different experience celebrating the most notable works of Pablo Picasso, one of the most prominent visual artists of the 20th century. Read our look at this new immersive experience in today's living section in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution or on accessatlanta.com. Stay tuned for more events later in the podcast, and after the featured conversation, we'll take a look at what the AJC is bringing you this week, both online and in print. But first, we're going to hear about what's in store for this year's Atlanta Journal-Constitution Peachtree Road Race. After two years of being run under less-than-ideal conditions due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution Peachtree Road Race will be back to standard procedures for 2022. Registration for the event is now open and continues through March 31st. The AJC's Ken Segura spoke with Atlanta Track Club Executive Director Rich Kana about the challenges of the previous events and what we can expect as it returns to business as usual. And Ken's here to bring us that conversation. Welcome, Ken. 
Hey, how are you, Shane? I'm great. Um, so the Peachtree Road Race hasn't exactly been the same the last two years, has it? It has not. Uh, my, much like a lot of things in our lives the last two years. Uh, two years ago, it was run entirely virtually. Uh, obviously, you know, those who are familiar with the race know it's been run for uh, more than 50 years now. Uh, run down Peachtree Street into Buckhead. Or actually, now it's into Midtown. Um and, uh, and so two years ago, it was run entirely virtually. And then last year, it would run over two days with uh, to, to kind of create more uh, social distancing and also run virtually still. But now it'll be the, the format that uh, those who have run the Peachtree or watched it uh, will know, have known and loved. Right. So uh, I, I imagine that was uh, quite a challenge for uh, the folks who organize it. And uh, that's, that's one of the things you spoke with uh, Rich about, right? It was, yeah. I mean, I've I've covered the race, uh, gosh, probably more than ten years or so now, and so yeah, we we went into kind of the logistical challenges and all all those sorts of things of, of putting the race together. That is, you know, really was completely different than uh, that had been run previously. Yeah. So, uh, is is there anything else we need to know uh, about the conversation before we uh, we hear from Rich himself? Uh, I don't think so. Just uh, be gracious with all my ums and, you know, <laughs> talking on, on being while I'm being is not my strength. So hopefully, hopefully listeners will, will have some grace for, for, for me. Yeah, you know? well, that's that's great. And, and we really appreciate you doing this. And uh, like I said, the, the registration is now open uh, and that's going to be through March 31st. So uh, go ahead and get that done if you want to register for this year's Peachtree Road Race, which is uh, back to business as usual. Uh, thanks again so much, Ken. Yeah, my pleasure, Jane. All right, let's hear from Rich Kana of the Atlanta Track Club. Uh, well, Rich, uh, thanks for your time today. Um, I'm always interested to talk with you about uh, about the Atlanta Journal-Constitution Peachtree Road Race, and um, yeah, I, I understand there's some some kind of new and old things uh, coming up. Um, but before that, I, I hopefully you can tell listeners a little bit about yourself. I know you've been at the track club since 2014 as the executive director, and for the purposes of this conversation, the the race director of the the, the road race um, on the fourth. But uh, yeah, tell us. I mean, I know you've been you're a past Olympian. You've graduated Georgetown. You're from New Jersey. What else? What else would you like uh, listeners to know? Sure. So. Uh, Thanks for having me on, by the way. Yep. I, uh, I'm, I'm sort of a self-professed running geek. Okay. Uh, so I ran my first race at the age of six, uh, and it was a road race in Newark, New Jersey, mm-hmm. called the Newark Distance Classic, and there was no, no hint of, of uh, fast running in my future. I was dead last. Uh. <laughs> I was so far uh, back, my dad had to, to jump in a police car to come find me. Wow. Um, but uh, I have been in the running space my entire life. Uh, and was fortunate enough to represent uh, the United States in the Olympic Games in 2000. And as you said, uh, I, I arrived here at the track club in 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the, the best parts of my job is being the race director for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution Peachtree Road Race. Very good, very good. So if we can go back a little bit I'll to kind of set up what we're talking about. In 2020, obviously just after the pandemic had started, the, the race was pushed back uh, from, you know, it was traditional July 4th spot to, to Thanksgiving. And, and ultimately, it was, it was completely transformed into a virtual race. Um, and I think there were about 14,000 people or so that, that ran that one. And then, that, and then the next year, last year, uh, you know, again, w- because of concerns about COVID, it was a, a two-day race in the third and the fourth with also a virtual option. 
Um, and so kind of what's, tell us uh, what, what's going to happen this year. Uh, so we're excited to return to what we'll call a new normal, a, a, a one-day mm-hmm. Atlanta Journal-Constitution Peachtree Road Race on the morning of, of the 4th of July. Uh, and uh, we've, we've just opened up our lottery for this year's race. And so we, uh, we hope we anticipate uh, ha- having uh, that, that world's largest 10K moniker placed uh, back on our, uh, on our race. Mm-hmm. Uh, but more importantly looking forward to bringing the community back together in, in the traditional format that uh, is known as the peach tree. Right. Okay. And uh, so I guess the, the field size will be back as it was before around 60,000. Is that right? Yeah. We'll cap it at 60,000. And, uh, and that is a a combination of of both uh, lottery entrance as well as member entrance. Okay. Uh, And to, to go back to 2020, 2021, uh, we had 45,000 people participate in the virtual mm-hmm. uh, peach tree in 2020. Okay. Uh, they were ended up being forced to, to participate in the virtual, as you right. said, uh, because, of, because of COVID. Uh, and then in 2021, uh, we had you know, between 30 and 40,000 participants over two days. So we All spread right. that over two days. Right. What's, what is... What is part and parcel to the peach tree is is that big crowd. Right. Uh, we we don't necessarily want to focus on the size of the event. Right. Uh, we really focus on the community aspect of the event. This is different than the New York City Marathon or the Boston Marathon or the London Marathon, which were really driven by the distance, the marathon distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the peach tree is driven by by the by the community, as I said, and right. and and by uh, what we would call sort of Atlanta's way of celebrating the 4th of July. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well there, I remember like last year you had the, the COVID sniffing dogs and I think people were asked to provide uh, documentation of, of, um, I guess being, was it being vaccinated or, or having a negative test? That's correct. Yeah. Right. Will there be anything like that this year or how, how are you approaching that, that part of it? Yeah. So taking a step back last year, we, we, we always lean into, to being, an organization that is built around the safety uh, and and the health of its participants. So so last year we went uh, through uh, extra 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 layers right. of protection, including COVID sniffing dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, we don't anticipate needing our COVID sniffing dogs. Uh, we don't uh, anticipate uh, having any requirement for vaccination. Uh, for tests or for masking, okay. or following CDC guidelines, and the great news is that uh, there has been no data to support uh, an outdoor event, an outdoor road race, or a marathon uh, being a super spreader event. Right. Uh, so, so we look forward to to being as close to to normal as you can be in the world in which we're living today. Wow, it's funny. I would, I'm, I'm sure there was an eagerness to to get back to that format. Um, for you and the club as you consider how we're going to do this uh like kind of what 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 questions did you ask and how did you arrive at okay this is it's we're we're ready to to go back to how how it's been so the good news for for the peachtree faithful is that the track club does a lot more than the peachtree right so so we have a number of events a couple of dozen events that are smaller in scale that allow us to, to test our processes and protocols. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so heading into last year's Peachtree and then since then, uh, we have quite 
a number of other events that we have held um, safely and successfully. Uh, so, so those are really sort of our test cases, if you will, for, right. for Petrie to be able to know that we can bring this back to the community in the way the community wants. Yeah. Okay. And actually, like, there also still will be a virtual option for, for those that uh, choose or have to do, do it that way. There will be, and, there, and, and there's an evolution to this. So if you had said to me, you know, back in Q1 of 2020, mm-hmm. that virtual road races were going to be a thing, hmm. mm-hmm. I would have said to you, hey, that, that, that is an attempt by race organizers to, to find some new revenue around right. their events. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and then COVID happened, and, and we were forced uh, to provide a way uh, for for the Peachtree community to to participate uh, during during these COVID years, All right? Uh, but what we've found is that the virtual race has some staying power. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, not because we don't want everyone there. We All do. Right. That, that's our that's our preference is to see everybody in person and and to celebrate the Peachtree as it was meant to be. But what we found is by having a virtual option, meaning in in 2021 we had both. You give those who number one maybe are not comfortable coming back together as a result of what whatever uh, circumstances they have in their in their life around covid Uh Uh, you give the opportunity to spread the peach tree brand nationally and internationally in a way that you can't without having a Uh virtual event Uh, so we will keep that virtual option going forward but we're going to take a step back uh, to to our future, uh, and we are going to make sure uh, that you show us proof of performance uh-huh. before you get your coveted <laughs> Petri finisher shirt. Uh-huh. Uh, so so yes, if you want to participate virtually, we have that option for you in our registration path. Right. But if you want to get that finisher shirt, you're going to post race need to show us. Uh, through some submission, whether that be a, a, a Garmin or, or, or a Wahoo proof of performance, uh-huh. uh, so that we feel good about sending you <laughs> that shirt. Because that, uh-huh. that is a badge of honor right. that everyone who has run or walked the Peachtree knows about. Uh, what, what was that discussion like in those meetings about how do we do this? Imagine there. Imagine there's probably some some kind of old liners that are saying, we're not going to do this. Like Maybe they had reservations about sending it early before and... And, uh, yeah, and, yeah. And, and it was hard for us. So, so last year and in 2020, we, we took a leap of faith, and we, we sent out Peachtree finisher shirts before the race. All right. Uh, and, and, and that's not in our DNA. That's, that's not who we are. That's not what we ever did. Uh, so, so yes, to your point, we've got some old school folks, and we've got some new school folks here, right. and we put ourselves all in a room and... and uh, and we hashed it out, right. and, and we, we believe that virtual can and should be part of the future, yeah. uh, but in a way that pays homage to our past. Right. Um, I'm curious, we're about uh, a little more than 24 hours into registration. It, it runs through March 31st, right? Correct. Um, and you can go to the, is it the Track Club website? To, to You can start at the Track right. Club website, or you can go to ajc.com backslash peachtree okay. uh, and, uh, and start your registration there. Very good. But yeah, so, uh, my question was, um, I'm curious kind of what has been the split so far of, actually, can, I guess you can already designate whether you want to run virtually or in person. Yes, and, yeah. and that's an important distinction. Right. Uh, we do not want necessarily, we don't necessarily want people floating from, a, from the virtual to, to the in-person and the in-person to the virtual. Right. So we're asking you to make your decision 
as you stepped up to the registration right. platform. Yeah. Uh, and I think where you were going with this is sort of what is... Right, the split, yeah. The split is overwhelmingly in person. Uh-huh. Uh, I'd, I'd say, you know, after 24 hours, uh, doing a quick some quick math in my head, I'd, I'd say north of probably 97, 98% oh, really? are, oh, okay. are, are looking for in person at this point. Yeah. I'm curious... Um, I feel like I we might have talked about this, but the the over the two years when when we you've had the virtual option, I, I would gather the 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 geographical spread of of runners is pretty pretty vast. Yeah, much yeah. more so than it has been in a traditional right. year. So so in your traditional Peachtree year, and you and I have talked about this in the past, roughly ninety percent of the participants are from the state of Georgia. Right, uh, and and over these last two years, it it, has, it hasn't swayed wildly mm -hmm. uh, but but we have pulled in more people from around the country right. uh, and more people from around the world yeah yeah like so I imagine there are people running the peach tree on the last year or two years ago in in all over the world I'm guessing yeah we had a, we had a number of people we had representation from all continents with wow. the exception of Antarctica uh -huh. uh, and uh, a, a significant number of people running in Australia huh. uh, and in Asia yeah okay so um as you're preparing uh, for this, you know, the, the kind of the, the normal version of the, the AJC Peach Tree we're used to, has it been kind of, uh, does it feel comfortable to you or is it like, oh, is it a more kind of like we got to figure out again how we did this before or, or what's, what's that the process been like? Well, I say this all the time to the running community. You, you only get good when you're mildly uncomfortable. So <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a former competitive middle distance runner, uh, I understood that, that you only get better, get faster, uh, sharpen your, your craft, if you will, right. when you are mildly uncomfortable every day. Uh -huh. So that's how we push ourselves here at the staff level, to be mildly uncomfortable. Right. And yes, we're, we're, we are mildly uncomfortable as we bring back the full-scale peach tree. Uh -huh. Interestingly, when I look back at 2021, so, so we, we, we hit pause in 2020 with the in-person. Mm -hmm. We brought back a two-day peach tree in 2021. Right. Uh, and, and I think it's a good thing that we were able to bring it back in a scale uh, that is not the norm because mm -hmm. um, we had to knock some rust off. Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, so, so I feel good about sort of this, you know, this tiered approach back to, back to normal from, uh -huh. from completely virtual to largely in person to mostly in person uh, this year. Now, will, will we need to remember some other things that we forgot in, in, mm -hmm. in this time? <laughs> yeah. in this COVID fog. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. we will. Uh, but I feel good about uh, the staff that we have here. I feel good about the partners that help us bring this uh, to the community each and yeah. every year. Uh, and and I would be remiss if I didn't call out the city of Atlanta right. and most notably the Atlanta Police Department uh, for, for helping us pull off a two-day peach tree right. last year right. uh, and getting us ready for this year. Yeah. I remember, again, this thing that we talked about, I think, on the 4th last year, and I, I, I spoke with some runners I probably on both days that really enjoyed that it was a little more, um, I don't know if laid back is the right word, but there's more space and, and it's a much smaller race than we, I think I asked you about, is it possible to do it like this? I, I think there are probably some that would have preferred that. I, as from, from what I remember, I think you were saying that it was logistically, it wasn't really feasible. Is, is that something you had all visited uh, as you prepared for this race or? 
As we were breaking down on the on the fourth last year, uh-huh. uh, I think I may have even said to you, "Hey, this this was a lot of fun. Uh-huh. We're very proud of what we just pulled off, uh-huh. but this is a one and done. Uh, uh, uh-huh. it, it is it is it's a ten k race, right? Um, but it it was an ultra marathon to yeah. to, to to pull that off. Right. Now we as an organization probably could, mm-hmm. but I think it's unfair." Uh, to ask the city of Atlanta and and the and the residents and the businesses right. that, that we would impact to do this over two days right. every year. All right. Well, as someone who's covered the race both days, I, I can't say I'm <laughs> complaining either, so I'm all for that. This is Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison. We'll continue with our chat about the Peachtree Road Race. But first, here's more of our list of things to do around Metro Atlanta. Minnesota band Low is on a creative high finally set to tour in support of 13th album, Hey What? Released in September, the record earned widespread acclaim and spots on a number of Best of 2021 lists for its experiments with sounds, textures, and song structures arrayed alongside the unmistakable vocals of Mimi Parker and Alan Sparhawk. Lowe returns to Atlanta for an early show at Terminal West on Saturday, March 26th. The third consecutive low release produced by B.J. Burton, Hey Watt continues on the sonic journey the group undertook with its predecessor, Double Negative. While guitar, bass, and drums remain the band's instrument of choice, you'd be hard-pressed to find another set of songs featuring those instruments sounding less like you would expect them to. Freelancer Matt Smith spoke with the band as they prepared for the tour. Head to accessatlanta.com to read his interview or check it out in Saturday's Living section in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Carnivals are as American as funnel cake and corn dogs, and who, in the midst of a life change or needing adventure, hasn't thought about running away and being a carny? The Atlanta Fair is celebrating its 50th anniversary coming to Atlanta and will be up and running through April 10th. Unlike many carnivals, it doesn't roam the country. It only operates in the metro Atlanta area. So for most of the people working the rides or concession stands, it is more of a March through October day job rather than a career as a carny. Freelancer Mary Welch spoke with some of the folks behind the scenes at the fair to find out what it's like to work there. Look for the story early next week in the living section in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution or read it online now at accessatlanta.com. And this week we're starting a new feature in conjunction with Lifeline Community Animal Center where you'll hear about an adoptable pet. Don't pause on meeting Claus. He's the most handsome pup with a gorgeous coloring. Everyone who meets Claus shares that he is very sweet and friendly. During playtime, Claus can't decide which delights him more, toys or treats. He'll happily accept both. On walks with his shelter pals, he's easygoing and attentive, always checking in with who's on the other end of the leash. Claus is a certified good boy. Come visit him at the Lifeline Community Animal Center at 3180 Presidential Drive to find out if he's the perfect dog for you. For more information, please email adoptions at lifelineanimal.org. And to see a photo of Claus, head to accessatlanta.com and click on the story page that accompanies this podcast. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is Access Atlanta from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The facts matter now more than ever. Get unlimited digital access to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution so you know what's really going on. And you're helping us fulfill our mission to bring you the news that's important to you. Subscribe today at subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast and your first month of unlimited digital access is just 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast to join the community for just 99 cents. Let's continue our conversation with Rich Kana of the Atlanta Track Club. I'm curious, what, what was... Uh... What was like was there one huge logistical challenge looking back that you're like wow I I can't believe we solved that or that you still have nightmares about or that that uh, yeah that that you'll you always remember related to the two day event right uh, I guess either both yeah or just you know going back to, to you know to March 2020 so yeah everyone has learned through COVID. Mm-hmm. What 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 I look back on is and recognize now uh, is the track club has always prided itself on on being operationally sound, mm-hmm. sort of a, on on the acumen of 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 our staff and our volunteers that pull off the peach tree every year, uh, and we felt as if we had a contingency plan. For hmm. everything, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. but we didn't. Right. <laughs> uh, so you know, so to the, so March of 2020, so two years ago, now uh-huh. we had sort of a, an arrogance about us that hey, we're we're going to get through this this little COVID storm here uh-huh. over the next couple of weeks, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna bring the right. peach tree uh, to the community on July 4th, uh-huh. and then when it became apparent that we weren't going to be able to do that, then right. hey. We've got a better plan. We're going to bring it to you on Thanksgiving Day, uh-huh. uh, right. and then we were humbled yet again. Right. Uh, so, so I, I'd say sort of the the biggest takeaway uh, is expect the unexpected. Right. And uh, own what you don't know. Yeah. We tried to be as transparent and honest with uh, with all of Atlanta as possible through this, and I think right. I, I think we did a pretty good yeah, job. I would say. But I think we just, if we had to do it all over again, we should have just owned. Uh, the uncertainty that uh, was ahead of us. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, I, I think probably almost everybody, as much as the last two years have been been difficult, uh, there have been different things for a lot of people, maybe most people that, okay, things that you learn that we can now apply. Like obviously, for instance, you know, we I think most of us have learned that we don't need to be in a meeting in the same room. We can do it, you know, virtually if need be. It can be even better in some ways. What are some? Have there been things, you know, as far as just the race goes? I guess that, or 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 maybe even just the way the track club operates. That, yeah, you're maybe obviously no one wants to have gone through this, but you're maybe a little better or know some things better that that you did uh, two years ago. Yeah, we we are we're we're better from top to bottom mm-hmm. uh, across all elements of the operational pieces of a race. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I you know, we we talked about the virtual already. 
one of the things that we we've learned is how to spread people out better uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, in terms of the number of people in each wave, how much space to put in between each wave. So people right. have an enjoyable experience. Something that people don't think a heck of a lot about is how you are distributing fluids uh-huh. during a race. Right. Now in, in, in the COVID environment that we've come through, uh, we did not feel comfortable providing poured open cupped water. Right. Uh, for everyone. So we, we shifted uh, and we requested or required participants to bring their own water on the mm-hmm. course. And we just provided the opportunity to supplement what you had to refill. Uh-huh. Now, that that's easier said than done on July 4th right. when when you, you need enough water to, to float a battleship All to right. keep everybody <laughs> hydrated. Uh-huh. Uh, so we're still working on those pieces. Uh-huh. Um, but you will see, for example, uh, our our messaging, encouraging people to bring their own water to the race. Whereas uh-huh. before right. we saw that as, as our exclusive responsibility to right. do so. Yeah. Um, is there something particularly that you're looking forward to uh, when, when the July 4th gets here of, of, you know, when things are as, as we hopefully remember them um, that, yeah, that you're really particularly eager about experiencing. So there's certain things about the peach tree that I I love that people will say you're crazy about. Right. But uh, you know the first thing is that 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 immediate road closure that we do uh-huh. at at midnight uh-huh. uh, uh, as you head into the Fourth of July uh-huh. up at the start line at Lenox, uh, and that starts the adrenaline flowing, and the adrenaline <laughs> flows you know for for the next eleven plus hours. Right. Um, so for me personally, uh, that's a big piece. Yeah. Uh, I always, uh, I always look forward to probably my favorite moment is the flyover, uh-huh. uh, as the national anthem finishes and yeah. as the, as the uh, waves are about to go off. All right. But if I'm being honest, uh, the, the fulfillment that, that I get, uh, and that all of the staffers get and the volunteers who support this event uh, get uh, is standing at the finish line. Yeah. Uh, and you've been there right. uh, yes. year in, year out. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and you see, uh, you see people who are hot, tired, sweating, right. yeah. uh, but having the time of their life, yeah. uh, sharing the Petrie with 60,000 of their best friends. So, mm-hmm. so standing at the finish line of yeah. that traditional event is what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Very good. Um, uh, I was going to ask you, uh, actually, the thing you said kind of piqued my curiosity. When you said you have all sorts of contingency plans, what's what's maybe kind of the I don't know, craziest or, or something that maybe m- listeners would have no expectation that you would have a, had a plan for? Well, uh for those who have participated in the peace uh-huh. tree, they, they can, they can understand as good as anybody that back in 2015, mm-hmm. uh, we, we had, well, up until 2015 in the, I think that was the 46th peach tree, 47th peach tree. We had never had a lightning strike oh, that's right. on yeah. race morning. Right. Uh, and, and we have had a contingency plan uh-huh. to move tens of thousands of people wow. off of the start line uh-huh. uh, into areas of shelter. Right. Uh, and we had never tested that plan. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, we got a chance to test it in 2015. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. it, the, the, it was raining. Right. The National Weather Service said, we do not expect uh, any severe weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were wrong. We, got, we had a lightning <laughs> strike uh, uh-huh. uh, right near the start line. Uh, so we still had uh, 20, 
23, 24,000 people on the start line. Wow. Uh, and we pulled, within just a few minutes, pulled all of those folks into parking garages around wow. Phipps and, uh-huh. and Lennox uh, and waited the, the required 30 minutes right. before the last lightning strike and brought those people all back out to the start line and uh-huh. restarted the race. Wow. Uh, and to my knowledge, no road racer marathon has ever had to do that. Oh, really? Huh. Uh, and, and we did it uh, safely. We did it successfully. Wow. Uh, we learned that our plan was inadequate. All right. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and now we have a better plan should that ever happen huh. again. Wow. I think there wasn't enough space, or what was the, the challenge there? We didn't have enough knowledge of how to we know how to pe- move people from lennox to piedmont right. park we didn't know how to uh, move people from lennox to this parking garage right. and that parking garage yeah. uh and inside lennox mall and so forth okay. so and so having enough understanding amongst our volunteers our staff and uh, our law enforcement there uh-huh. uh, to to help guide people and to communicate yeah interestingly at that time we we were almost 100% reliant on our mobile phones to communicate as a staff. Uh, uh-huh. Oh, wow. And it was raining so hard that day oh, that wow. our phone stopped working. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Uh, so so we are now heavily reliant on amateur radio operators. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and Fulton County Radio's uh, uh, backbone uh-huh. to make sure that we can communicate. Because we have like two islands. We've got, right, we've got our right. start line island. We have uh-huh. our finish line island. Right. Those at the finish line didn't even know that we had stopped the race. Huh. For a period of time. Wow. So a lot of people didn't know that at the time. Right. Um, but uh, but now uh, we we uh, we we annually go through tabletop exercises uh-huh. uh, with with all of the agencies involved, uh, oh, wow. local, regional, national, uh-huh. uh, on on the medical side, on the safety and security side, right. uh, and we pressure test pretty much any scenario uh, that could come at us. Huh. And and thankfully we now know how to deal with COVID. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, a lighter question. Uh, I think I've been around you at the end of the race. You know, people are leaving and someone didn't get a t-shirt or it's the wrong size, I, but I'm sure you've heard much uh, more kind of, I don't know if colorful is the right word, but, but interesting kind of reasons for why they needed a t-shirt and didn't get one. Do, do you have a, a favorite? <laughs> <laughs> or at uh, least favorite, I guess. <laughs> Uh, to your point, I, I don't have a favorite, but we've uh, heard pretty much everything. Yeah, uh, and heading into COVID, there uh-huh. there was there was no negotiation here. Uh-huh. Uh You you had to you had to cover the distance, come uh-huh. across the line. Now, did did we and have we had people look to bilk the system? Yeah, of course uh-huh. we have. Uh, we have a number of people uh, annually uh-huh. who who don't cross the start line. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And don't cover the entire distance. We've uh-huh. had, we, we, have, we have proof that some people stand at the start line, uh-huh. jump on MARTA, oh. <laughs> uh, and, and then come down 10th Street and, uh-huh. and pick up their T-shirt. Uh, uh-huh. we, we now have a, a number of people uh, who volunteer their time post-race uh-huh. uh, to, to look at uh, a, a significant number of our finishers uh-huh. uh, to, to, to look for people uh, who may have not covered uh, the entire race? Uh-huh. Uh, now they have already gotten their T-shirt at that time, right? Right. Um, but but we get the last laugh uh, because we we can uh, we can take them out of the results. 
<laughs> and they ended up getting and they end up getting disqualified. Uh-huh. Wow. So 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 it's an ongoing discussion. Uh-huh. How how much should the club do right. to ensure the integrity of the race, meaning yeah. those who 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 start and finish right. end up in the results? And it's an it's an area that we take pretty seriously. Yeah. So you're looking at like the Marta's video, I guess of. of uh, we we have photographers with Marathon Photo, uh, uh-huh. so we have a sense of if if we see you at the start line, but we don't see you any place but the finish line. Right, oh. th- that's that's red flag number one. Right, uh, we have now have timing mats out on the course. Oh, oh, oh so uh-huh. so if if we see you at the start line and we see right. you at the finish line yeah. uh, with your timing tag, uh-huh. uh, it's it's you might be fast, but you're not that fast to be right. able to evade the timing right. mats on on the course. Huh. Uh, so uh, now th- this is a very very small number in the grand scheme right, of, of yeah. sixty thousand people, uh-huh. uh, and there are some people who who, and this speaks to what the peach tree is. There are some people who are very interested uh, in running fast, uh, getting from point A to point B as quickly as possible. We right. still have our traditional top one thousand. Right. Uh, we that has evolved. It's now the top five hundred men and the top uh, five hundred uh, women, huh. uh, and you get your finisher's mug for that. Right. Uh, so it's important for us to make sure that those folks who are in that top thousand mm-hmm. uh, really did complete uh, the race. Uh, uh-huh. I see. Okay. So um, so so if I imagine there were people that ran in, I'm sure there's a lot of people actually that ran in 2019. They'll be running again in 2022 uh will there be things that they notice that are different uh you know from from the the 2019 version i would say that the 2022 version the vision for the 2022 version uh is similar to that of the 2019 version because that Mm -hmm. that was our celebratory 50th running of the peach tree so i would argue that that was one of the best we best versions of the peach tree we've ever had Mm -hmm. Uh, so so yes you'll see some subtle differences on the fluids on how we are cooling our water at the finish line, uh, on how we are moving our waves up, on how you exit the MARTA, some, some sort of small minor differences. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the overall feel will be what it was in 2019. And we're really leaning into the course experience, making sure that as people are moving down from Lenox to uh, Piedmont Park, that they, they feel as if they are part of the world's largest running party. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I think that's all I want to ask you. Is there anything else that we should know uh, as we wrap up here? Yeah, I would throw I would throw out back to our our, our coveted finisher shirt. So mm-hmm. we have a a new footwear and apparel partner this year with, okay. with, in Adidas, Adidas uh-huh. uh, and we're we're very excited that Adidas uh, has a commitment. Uh, to sustainability uh, that uh, is similar to the track clubs mm-hmm. as we look uh, at and around our community impact. Uh, so for the first time this year, our finisher shirt will have no virgin materials in it. Oh, wow. Uh, so no virgin plastics. Wow. Uh, so very excited about, number one, the new, the new partner, mm-hmm. their partner's ability to deliver on that promise, uh, and really interested to see how people like this new shirt. Oh, very good. And I would ask for those who are, who are registering now and uh, who do register, take the time uh, to look at the sizing chart when you register. Okay. <laughs> um, because different brands, different manufacturer sizes skew a little right. bit bigger, a little bit smaller. Uh, and we don't have the ability to change sizes for you 
on site at the finish line if uh, you chose a large and you uh, really are a medium or an extra large. Uh, so take the time very good. so that you are happy with that finisher shirt so that you can wear that to your barbecue right. uh, or your baseball game or your right. soccer game or whatever it is you're doing throughout the rest of the day. Very good. All right. Well, Rush, thank you so much for your time. It's been it's always fun to talk with you about the race and I uh, look forward to to talking more and, and being there uh, on the morning of the 4th. We'll see you. We'll All see right. you on the morning of the 4th. Sounds good. The AJC brings you the best of what's happening in and around Atlanta on accessatlanta.com along with deeper looks at trends in arts and entertainment and compelling looks at lost bits of history. Here's a taste of what you'll find there. The word adobao doesn't exist in Tagalog or any other Filipino dialect. Mike Pemintel made it up because he needed a name for this fusion dish of pork belly adobo with pickled papaya slaw and a bao, a Chinese steamed bun, that he conceived for his Filipino-American pop-up Adobo ATL. Adobo ATL began in 2018 as an Instagram account that Pimentel created to share photos of Filipino food that he cooked in his home kitchen. Four years later, the 33-year-old civil engineer with a master's degree in business and a full-time day job in supply chain operations for Delta Airlines has turned Adobo ATL into a serious side project that requires monthly rent for a recently acquired commissary kitchen on Covington Highway. To understand his rising success, you have to look to his past and also a present that posits Filipino food in the mainstream for the first time in Atlanta's culinary history. Read Lagaya Figueres' in-depth look at this fascinating new uptick in Filipino-American cuisine in Atlanta in this week's Sunday Living and Arts section in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and find it online at AJC.com. Atlanta producer Will Packer isn't afraid to swing for the fences. He boosted the careers of both Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish with comedies like Ride Along and Girls Trip. He tackled a bold reboot of Roots for the History Channel. He dug into the Atlanta child murders for ID Network. So when the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences last fall asked Packer to produce the 94th annual Oscars, he didn't shy away from what is often perceived as a thankless challenge. The AJC's Rodney Host spoke with Packer about those challenges and about the controversies that have accompanied the changes to this year's Oscar broadcast, which is happening Sunday, March 27th. You'll find it in Saturday's Living section in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and online at accessatlanta.com and ajc.com. If you're listening to this podcast on ajc.com, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to accessatlanta.com and ajc.com. The podcast is edited by Tyson Horn. The theme music is by Bo Emerson and Billy Guin, and I'm your host and the AJC's Arts and Entertainment Editor, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on.